I was invited to participate in Podcast Row, an initiative partnering up-and-coming entrepreneurs and brands with top business and peak performance podcasters, that's me, for networking, podcast interviews, and content creation. And Leadership in the Environment guest, recent guest Jeremy Ryan Slate was also part of it. And also James Altucher not only participated, but he was one of the main planners. Running into him there is how he came to be a guest on this podcast a couple weeks ago. And we recorded at Stand Up New York, I guess a stand-up club where James Altucher, he's a co-owner, and actually he treated us to some of his stand-up. I'm sorry I didn't record that. Anyway, the next seven episodes bring the seven up-and-coming entrepreneurs, friends of James Altucher, and various people who were participating. Now, because we recorded back-to-back, the recordings had to be under 30 minutes, so I couldn't talk about the environment with each, but each is a leader. I hope that you can learn from each of them, and if they're in your field, work with them. I love this conversation with Sammy. Sammy brings fitness and wellness to organizations when they don't know that they need it. That is, they will benefit from it, but they don't know that yet. So to bring these things to them, she focuses on the emotion and what these things will bring to their lives. You'll hear at the beginning that we talk about the similarities between acting on the environment and acting on fitness and wellness. I guess I should get used to people not being used to that commonality, but to me, I've seen it so many times and I'm pretty used to it. So I learned from her an example of how to motivate people successfully when they don't have to act on that motivation. They're not asking for it, but they will be glad to get it as individuals and organizations. She also points out the difficulty in quantifying the benefits. And this is consistent with like Edwards Deming, Peter Drucker, that oftentimes it's, it's very important to quantify things, but often the most important things are not quantifiable. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to them. In fact, you should pay attention to them more, recognizing that you can't quantify them. Anyway, you'll hear me proposing on collaborating. You'll also hear her personal passions around fitness and wellness, which aren't exactly what you'd expect from a Pilates instructor and business founder. As an aside, I'll also mention that I've changed my exercising slightly as a result of this to look for a little bit more joy than I did before. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with, Sam, with Sammy Courtright. Did yep. I say it right? You got it perfectly. And we're mid-conversation. We're just going to jump right in mm. about the parallels between fitness and environment, acting on fitness and acting on the environment. Mm. I, I see big parallels between the, these things. How from so? A, from a leadership perspective, they are emotionally a lot of what um, a lot of people want to be more fit. Mm. And they keep meaning to, and they're going to get to it really soon now. Mm. And they often don't do it. But then when they do do it, they're glad that they did. And I think I could say the exact same thing about the environment, that people think it's something. I, yeah, I, I, I do want to be more environmental. Mm. I do want to act on these things. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it soon enough. And I wish it was easier. And um, I once was a little more that way, and I kind of let things slide. Sure. And... That to me seems very similar. Now, of course, the behavior is different. One of them might be, I don't know, lifting weights or going to poses or, mm. um, and one of them might be, no thanks, I don't need a plastic bag. Right. Um, is it not obvious to you? Is it not, is this a leap that's big? For you know, it, it, no, I think it, I've just never heard it be put in parallel before, right? I, I, so I think it's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, it, it does make sense. There are similarities all the time, you know, when we deal with clients. So, so to back it up, FitSpot, we bring amenities on site for property groups, and they're all wellness centric amenities. So we when you do say property groups. Do you mean 
companies? Sure, we can sell direct to companies, but predominantly we're working with, say, CBRE, Cushwake, um, those big asset owners, and we're bringing amenities to their properties. Amenities? Such as, it could be a yoga class, so physical fitness. It could be Mm -hmm. an educational workshop on financial wellness. It could be corporate headshots. It could be a healthy happy hour or a healthy ice cream social. Mm -hmm. Our whole goal is to build a sense of community within a workplace. And... It's something that I, I doubt pe- people aren't saying we need more amenities in the workplace, no. but they kind of do want them. Yes. And they want the be- like companies say we're all about wellness mm. and then they're like, good luck. <laughs> uh, it's here's some benefit if you get a couple hours from your psychologist or something like that. Sure. But they don't make it easy. No. And the biggest one is that, oh, we have gym memberships already. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Um, how many people are activating them? And the answer is we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so some person or an employee goes for three months and then they no longer go anymore. Maybe they lost interest. Maybe the classes at that particular gym weren't what they were interested in. How do you diversify the offerings so that people are consistently participating in some aspect of wellness? So we really cater our programs to hit on different pillars of wellness from the financial wellness, sleep management, stress management, nutritional, you know, all of the different facets that come together that bring more of a holistic approach to someone's well-being. And we do that through our on-site programming. So with this diverse programming, we're able to attract those employees that say may never do, uh, you know, yoga with their colleagues, but they may attend an educational workshop. But they may attend a healthy happy hour, something that builds a sense of community within their workplace. So we try to come at it at different angles to to create more of a holistic approach. And I bet that it's it seems obvious to me that a company with healthy employees and wellness employees, employees that are healthy in every sense of the mm-hmm. word, is going to be more productive. It's going to less turnover. The employees are going to be more um, happy and mm-hmm. and uh, less sick days and stuff like that. But I bet that if you just say that to the company, they won't. I bet the sale is a bit more challenging than that, even though they know it, okay. even though and, and it would save money, it would improve, you know, and same with the environment. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you go to companies, every company today, they feel it from the shareholders, from the media and so forth that mm. like you got to change. And mm. not every company, but a lot of companies. Yeah. And they kind of want to and usually it's coming from the younger employees but the decision makers are like we'll get to it later or something like that is that a parallel also Definitely. I think the value prop, um, people do want really hard ROI on particular business decisions, right? Because it's affecting the bottom line. So what is my return on investment if I'm bringing these amenities or wellness programmings to our company or property group? And while I really encourage, we do have all of the stats behind that. Yes, sure. It'll increase, you know, tenant retention and, um, you know, reduce attrition and people will stay longer at your property. However, I really encourage having the dialogue about, well, what about some of the squidgier ROI? Like, how do people feel when they come to work? How do people, do they interact with other colleagues? Are they making new friends? Is there an ability to have this kind of cross-pollination between different tenants or different departments that we can facilitate through a FitSpot experience? And that's really important dialogue to have because how people feel at work will impact their decision whether they want to stay, whether they'll be present at work. Do they get it? I mean, it's not easier. From the expression on your face, sorry, listeners, you can't hear it. Uh, that they probably are like, yeah, yeah. And it's, and also I'm reading from you, you, 
you began this as a fitness before this you were a fitness instructor sure i'm a certified pilates instructor yeah but that wasn't really the catalyst to start the business per se but i am a certified pilates instructor yeah the reason i I, i'm kind of curious what what prompted the business beginning Mm -hmm. although i also think that i'm reading a certain happiness that comes from fitness and that that it's kind of hard if, if people don't if someone isn't fit if something isn't a part of their life Mm. they can imagine yeah that would be nice but whatever it is it's the difference between fitness and where they are Mm. but i like that so maybe it's pizza Mm. or maybe it's beer or maybe it's um watching tv for the average american watches five hours of tv a day a day a day that's what i read and it's very impressive it's it's People say, oh, Josh, you're, fit. you're so dedicated to that. I'm like, I'm not dedicated. Anyway. I don't put in five hours of a, a day to fitness. And people who watch TV put in a lot more effort. And they put a lot more time into it, a lot more money into it, too. Because sure. I got some kettlebells and I got a rowing machine. And that's it. Like, yeah. And the t- like, I, they pay more for cable than I pay for sure. all that. And and so it does, that joy, it's like it's really hard to communicate to someone the joy that would happen if they just got over this little hurdle mm-hmm. i guess what you're doing is probably not get you're probably lowering the hurdle is yeah making it access, accessible so bringing it to the workplace so people do not have to leave the workplace which is a huge barrier right because mm-hmm. as soon as someone has to travel to participate in anything uh their attendance can decrease dramatically the likelihood of them attending decreases dramatically so the fact that we can bring wellness to the workplace greatly impacts their ability to attend and plus we run really fun things like bring a colleague and you get x amount of points or you can get you know into a raffle we really try to encourage people to get involved at some capacity that's why we also really encourage the diverse programming if we speak to a company and they're like nope all we want to do is just physical fitness classes i'm like yeah you're not going to get the type of engagement that you expect because you need to have diverse programming to really attract the diverse demographic that works at your office so yeah, it's it's a really interesting dialogue as you go through the sales process. You're absolutely right. A lot of education's involved. Well, how long is the cycle? How long does it take to from first meet to? I mean, I'm sure there's a huge variation. Uh, two and a half months. We've oh. got it down to two and a half months. Okay. Yeah. So I know it to a T because we've we've really ironed out this process and to make it scalable in that regard. Uh, when did you start? We started in 2016. So it's been three years, roughly three years. So yeah. I'm... Yeah. It has. It looks like I just caught you like, oh, it has. Because it feels, some days if you catch me, it's like it's been a decade. Other years I'm like, oh, we just started it yesterday. It's so fun. So it really depends what mood I'm in. Today I'm in one of those like, oh, wow. It feels like it's been a decade, but it's only been three years that we've been doing this. Are you, I don't know if there's more or less, but are you bringing fitness to individuals? Are you bringing um, uh, a benefit to companies? I mean, I I, I take it the people who sign the contracts with you are representatives of corporations. Mm -hmm. Uh, but ultimately, you bring something to individuals. Is it is it all these things? Is it one thing that resonates more? Sure. So we have two channels that we sell through. We either go direct to companies, so we're selling to someone in HR, and then the end user would be the employees of that company, or we sell to property groups, and that would be a contract with either the asset owner, like this Cushwake, CBRE, whoever it may be, and then the end users are the occupants or the tenants within that building. So it really depends. Obviously, we love working with commercial properties because you get access to all of the tenants within mm-hmm. one, one space versus going direct individual companies, but we do both. 
And the, some of the most popular services, so we just did a nationwide survey, so all of these are top of mind. Chair massage, naturally, everyone will participate in a chair massage mm -hmm. service. Uh, from the physical fitness genre, yoga is really popular. Self-defense has blown it out of the park recently. Everyone wants self-defense service, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Educational workshops, people love uh, financial wellness because we make it really fun, talking about goal setting, budgeting, et cetera, et cetera. And then sleep management has been really popular too. The, I think the conversation around sleep has really opened up. People understand how important it is to their health. So those are some of the key topics. That always gets me, yeah. You must have stuff on food. We're nutritional wellness, of course, big on nutritional wellness. We do one-on-one uh, -on -one seminars with, say, a nutritionist, or we'll host a lunch and learn where everyone grabs lunch, and we can set up stations where they can build their own salads or build their own sandwiches, and the nutritionist will walk them through what are the healthier choices that you could make. A really fun thing that we did with a, a building actually just down the street was we looked at their seamless and what was closest for them to order online, and we highlighted the healthier options and distributed it to all of the tenants within the property. So they now knew that they could make conscious decisions about what they should order i just thought of something that i bet would work really well with you guys what a program on wellness and environment absolutely do you do that already uh not probably in the way that we should we have themes so if there is a particular theme going on that month so uh june is employee uh, appreciation as well as summer solstice you know kind of themes like that mm -hmm. we will then host employee appreciation events and so on and so forth if there's like a plant a tree day we will encourage all of our activities be around planting a tree so it's not that we have set programming in place we have more of the themes around it but i think people would really enjoy that i know someone who <laughs> I, I it's funny because i actually did this thing um on earth day i mm. I, uh, I made my famous my famous no packaging vegetable stews cool which are um i mean it's all the vegetables are from around here yep. and i pressure cook it i've done it for over 50 people wow. nothing to throw away afterward Cool. And I just did Earth Day, Lululemon, have me come in and do, do the flagship store. Cool. And, uh, and so I, I, I talk about sustainability and my journey of taking on personal challenges on environmental challenges. Mm. And there's a meal that comes out of it. That's really like, it was weird. I, I set up all the food before, uh, before people came in sure. and they all came up and started taking pictures of the food, of, of the plants and stuff. And I was like, why are you taking pictures? And then I realized people don't cook vegetables anymore. Yeah, you're probably very right. And it's so delicious. And it was just like, you know, some chard and maybe some some turnips and radishes because right. it was in the spring. And I have to remember, because it was in the spring means the summer vegetables weren't out yet. And uh, at the tail end, it's turnips and radishes, but they can taste really good. Yeah. And, uh, and no pollution. And, yeah. you know, it just came from nearby. Mm. Uh, Maybe we should talk. I don't, I don't want to... <laughs> we should absolutely talk. Ah, I'm glad to hear that response. Yeah. Um, although I can't cook for a whole lot of people like all the time. I was going to say, but if you can cook for me, that's a good start. No, come on. We'll famous yeah. no packaging vegetables too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, the last, per the last person I had over for famous no packaging vegetables stew, that's the, that's the name, mm. was a Nobel Prize winner interviewing for the podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what really delicious food it's like home made from scratch people take pictures of it uh and it's something really missing and mm. it's also an experience where once you get it it's like here's one of my favorite things that happens i put in a whole bunch of vegetables and um and some lentils or some legumes of sort mm. and I, people see everything that i put in it and then they taste it and every now and then someone will, will say this 
Mm, that's really good. What's in it? They saw everything that went in it. Mm. And I think what happens is I think that they see vegetable, 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 vegetable. Uh, that means doesn't taste good, doesn't taste good, doesn't taste good, doesn't taste good. And they figure there must be a stick of butter in there somewhere. <laughs> Something made it taste good because yeah. obviously those things can't. And the great discovery in my life, like vegetables are really delicious. Mm. I want to show off the vegetable, not cover it up with salt, sugar, fat. Sure. Uh, I'm getting a field. Um, also fitness. You know, I, I like to ask people on this podcast what the environment means to them. Mm. But I want to ask you what fitness means to you because I think that it's something – I'm reading that there's something in it that's more than just like uh, you know, lower turnover or – Yeah, sure. Well, for me personally, I always found it to be an escape, especially at this stage of my life where so much of my life is dedicated to work. You know, being an entrepreneur, you, you don't have hours. You're working all the time and you're on all the time. And previously I used to prioritize that versus my own well-being. And it's so ironic. Everyone's like, oh, you want a health and wellness business. You must be working out all the time, eating really healthy foods and taking care of yourself. And I was like, actually, I'm not. I'm not doing that. So I, um, you know, kind of took that step back and tried to reprioritize what I was um, focusing on and putting myself first. So I really do value the time that I that I dedicate to self-care and I think a yoga class a Pilates class a self-defense workshop a, anything else that I do that that is my time I, I really appreciate it and I see it as a little daily escape do I read that you used to do it more and then when you went into business on your own then it, you it, it had to you, you, your priorities put it off absolutely yeah I used to be I mean I danced throughout college I was I was just really active all the time and then you start a business and you're like okay let's see what this schedule looks like and figure it out and you realize you're working insane hours you're not sleeping as much as you should you're not eating as well as you could be you're um, really prioritizing the business at least I have always prioritized the business until I've really started treating this more like a business and being you know slightly less emotional towards it because you feel like it's your baby be. I've, I've started kind of shaping how I want this future to be for myself within this company. And that means a little bit more self-care, a little bit more focusing on the time that's important to me. So there's something that's important. Mm. Other things took priority. Mm. And I presume the other priority was not like just mindlessly working. It's, it's, other people, the people you want to serve, I presume. Of course, and then employees and putting everyone else first, right? Making sure that their needs are met. They can go at six o'clock. They can go to that workout. I can't. And now you've come back from that. Yeah. Presumably now you're like, okay, 10 hours a day is not the right amount. or Maybe not sustainable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. also what you bring to your, to ultimately to the employees at the companies that you're serving. Yeah, you have to practice what you preach. And there are times where I don't. And sometimes that's okay, but I've recognized that I'm sometimes not practicing what I preach and I need to in order to speak effectively, you know, about what we're bringing. We have to be that culture, you know? So that time, it's the time when you actually, because I, I did yoga for a while, but I don't do yoga anymore. But mm. like I, I do a lot of, I, I lift. Mm -hmm. I know you're thinking, wow. So anyway, so, mm -hmm. and then, and like I do Tabata high intensity intervals. Cool. Super intense. I'm not thinking like while I'm doing it, Ah, how relaxing. This is a nice break from wherever. Mm. But it makes the rest of life relaxing. Yeah. And I, it's not so much that I think... If, when the weather gets warm and I go for my first runs in the park, mm. uh, that's fantastic. It's just yeah. a release. And that's just a joy. Mm. Um, 
but it's funny because I think of I tend to think of exercise as something that I I I get into a flow state when I do it, mm-hmm. but it's not enjoyable. Hmm. But it makes the rest of life more enjoyable. Yeah, and that's fair. I wonder if I should do a little enjoying it too. Like today, I do my Turkish get-ups. And so it's this thing where, like, I was doing them for a while, and I, I kept moving up the weights. And now the weight that I use, I'm, I'm actually kind of scared because, <laughs> like, over my head. And yeah, it's risky. Yeah, and but the feeling when I finish is so good that I keep thinking, should I drop back to the easier weight? I'm like, next time. <laughs> but I've come this far. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. It's it, I don't know how to describe it. Mm. It's I, I haven't really talked. I, I think about it. Like, am I going to do this again? I'm like looking at the heavy one. I'm looking at the lighter one, and I'm like. It's so much easier, and it's like not that much less exercise to do mm. the lighter one. I'm like, I should do that, and then I pick up the heavy one. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? It's yeah. I don't know. It's like some weird macho thing, or is it, I don't know if. Uh, and I'm like, I, I'm really scared. I guess maybe it, that's what you enjoy about it. It could be. It's that's one of the things about exercise, and it's also the same with uh, with the environment. Is that it's it's um. There's so much to it. Mm. Like, I guess I, I tend to meditate more than yoga. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of overlap between those. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you meditate, no, let's go to yoga. When, sorry if I'm telling you stuff that you hear from a lot of other people. Okay. When I first started doing it, I thought, okay, this is about stretching. Uh, maybe it's about a little inner harmony. Mm. And then the more I do it, there's no shortage of discovery of like, it's everything in life seems to work its way into yoga. Yeah crazy yeah although i do a lot of burpees and the same thing happens there too it's it's not guided as much and it's the same exact actually the burpees changed a fair amount people like aren't you don't get bored of these things i'm like Mm. i don't think you get what you get from these things Mm. it's just never ending discovery of self discovery of what it means to be human Mm. and same with the environment another overlap is like the plants on my windowsill I, I read sometimes about someone flying to the Amazon and they'll get this, they take a boat ride up the Amazon or something like that. And they see, and I, I'm pretty sure that what I'm getting, my sense of nature is equal to that. I mean, I haven't been to the Amazon, but I've done certain natural things. And I just like this, um, it's a rosemary plant. And mm. it's, I, it was at my mom's when I was having some work done on my farm. She just brought it back and it's like, it smells like rosemary. It smells so good. And I, I just, I, it, it, didn't, it was a seed once and I've grown it and it feels really great yeah and uh, I don't know is this like that for you? It, yeah fitness environment either or both? yeah I so coming from Australia I care a lot about our reefs mm-hmm. I do and I'm, I'm sure you probably know more than anyone in, in 2016 and 2017 we had back to back coral bleaching, bleaching. yeah yeah, and in fact, coral can recover, can recover, excuse me, from bleaching, but it takes about 10 years. Mm-hmm. But that's assuming that the sea temperatures don't increase, right? So it has to be consistent temperatures for the 10 years for the coral to, in fact, heal itself, right, and mm-hmm. recover. Um, but that hasn't been the trend, right? The temperatures have been increasing. So in fact, more coral um, in subsequent years will be greatly affected and it's it's so interesting because even when i was younger in australia we would do these trips where we would go snorkeling around the barrier reef and each year without a doubt we always had to change to different locations which is great but we changed because the coral had died the reef had died and 
that really sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to exist so that if I choose to have children one day, that they could go explore the reef and see this incredible life that's underwater. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. And it's, and then people do these things that put greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. And, mm. and they're like, I wonder why this coral bleaching is happening. Mm. I wonder what other people are doing. Mm. And to actually, I had a guest on the show and she has, she's a book on, um, Emotional obesity is the name of her book. It's about how we fill our minds with junk thoughts. Like we mm. want to think about interesting things, but we often think about junk thoughts. Sure. And she could describe it better than I could. And in that, I, now that I think of it, we got back on to, we, I think we got to environmental obesity, mm. which is we do all these things that like put greenhouse gases, plastics, mercury, mm. whatever, uh, in the same way that it would put obesity on people. And we know what we want to do and we keep doing, we as a culture keep doing flying around and all these other things. And it's, and then oftentimes we act like victims, but we, we're helpless to do anything about it. Right. I'm glad you're doing something about it in one area <laughs> with the fitness. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. But, you know, it won't exist if we don't have a planet to do it on. Yeah. And now I guess we'll, we'll follow up. It sounds like we're going to follow up about envi- environment and fitness, I think really go together well. Mm. And certainly with the overlap of food, <laughs> it's a big overlap. Yes. And I guess it will pick up. We're out of time here now, mm-hmm. sadly, but uh, I think that we'll pick up and maybe see where I, because I'm also curious what, what you do to make it work might also apply in the environment because the environment could certainly use it. Absolutely. Look forward to continuing the dialogue then. Well, Sammy, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.